Well, school's out for summer and the doll went on a six-week uh, summer sojourn and they did so in style by finishing off with a right Barney and having a go at each other in the convention centre. Uh, by the way, they, I think they all hate the convention centre. I think they all hate being there. It doesn't feel like the doll. Um, and they ended up with a big spat and a big Barney and shouting and roaring at each other. And it occurred to me, of course, that this, this really pisses people off when you see our paid representatives just acting like you know, school children in there. It really does annoy people. And to see them bickering and, and being so small-minded about everything. And this was about uh, speaker's time, I think it was. And uh, Leo Varadkar was giving out. And uh, it ended with a big a big fight, anyway. And we decided uh, we'd ask John Drennan to come on the radio to cover some of the biggest spats that he can remember um, over the last number of years. And John is on the line now. John, how are you? Hello, how are you? Great, great, great. So did you have fun putting this little collection together, did you? Um, oh, well, I suppose old, old relics like me, you know, sort of, um, I'm, like the, I'm almost like the guy on the fast show that used to uh, go on about India and no one could understand what he was saying. We, we love all this sort of old-fashioned stuff, but yes, it was entertaining and it was in, 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 enjoyable. Uh, probably more sort of fellows from, um, you know, from Bertie, Bertie Ahern here, in particular Bertie Ahern uh, himself, who got involved in the, in, the, in the... Rarely he got involved, but when he did, he, he generally finished it off fairly effectively. Uh, but I suppose the problem really is, you see, with the Doyle Spat, uh, which is to borrow a phrase from Mary Menahan, who wrote a great book about this, uh, is that it, it, it's very much uh, an internal dig. Uh, and it's generally about that which politicians, the two things which politicians value most, which is the, the, their own sort of dignity uh, and their freedom to speak for as long as they want, as often as they want, without a full stop. Yeah, well, here's Leo, and uh, it wasn't so much a scrap in this one, but he's giving out about um, the speaking time. Thank you for allowing somebody from the government to speak. Because uh, what we've seen here, what we've seen here uh, for the last hour or two is exactly what has been wrong for too long. Uh, very small parties who get very few votes in the election dominating this chamber. Uh, and members from government parties that get hundreds of thousands of votes and larger parties not being allowed, not even being allowed to speak or being expected to wait until the very end until they're allowed to speak. And, and I, I don't usually intervene. I don't usually intervene on procedural issues like this, like this but, but I, I, I know this will be heard. It's not beneath me. <laughs> He's quite bitchy at times, isn't he, John? Yes, he's a, he's a bit like um, one of those, uh, what we used to say, those foreign soccer stars that tended to, 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 to drop to the ground at, at, the, at the slightest provocation and roll around the place. Uh, he likes the odd row, Leo, it has to be said, and he likes to put in trigger words and sort of this notion that poor, delicate Fine Gael are being bullied by, I don't know, Richard Boyd Barrett or uh, Michael Fitzmaurice uh, or uh, in independent socialists uh, is always one which kind of, um, uh, you know, sort of uh, gets, the, gets the fire going, gets, gets the a riot going and as the guard come in with, with sirens and vehicles and all the rest of it Leo's the fellow pointing over saying God there's a terrible fight going on there officer you better go in and sort that out yeah yeah and he's had some good spats with Mary Lou MacDonald as well but anyway one of your first clips is the what, what will I call it we have it written down here is F.U. Deputy Stag what was that all about uh, well that's when the Greens were the, the last time the Greens were in government and uh, they were going pretty much as well as they're going now, which uh, or some of them, such as Eamon Ryan, are going now. Uh, and it was basically a pretty harmless social welfare debate. But there was a lot of tension in the air, and Abbott Stagg was very good at needling people. He was sort of the knobby styles of the Labour Party at that particular time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Paul Gogarty, one of my favourite politicians, I mean, who, who, who afterwards went off and became a singing star, his sweet surprise, gave us all a less than sweet surprise when he turned around and basically told Emmett Stagg to go and F himself. Well, uh, let's hear that first of all. 
I respected your sincerity. I'd ask you to respect mine. Well, all due respect, in the most unparliamentary language, you, Deputy Stag, you. I apologise now for my use of unparliamentary language. That is most unparliamentary language. It is most unparliamentary language, and I now now withdraw it and apologise for it. But I'm outraged that someone dares question my sincerity on this issue. I don't like what has to be done. But I'm going to take the responsibility and get it on the chin and get the unpopularity and lose my seat because it's the only thing we can do to get this country out of the state we're in. I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that. And you respect my view. I didn't cause the economic mess. I didn't take money from developers or leave the... Or leave the... I didn't... the bell is great John because when you're listening to it on audio it sounds like a WWF match it sounds like you know it sounds like times out you know indeed uh, the, the bell is also the sign that control has been lost altogether you know it, 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 there's an element of that too but of course in the backdrop uh, we hear uh, one, of the, one of the features of the parliamentary row course that other people start coming in and getting involved a bit again like our brawl outside the, outside the chipper at 2am in the, in the, in the mm-hmm. morning time and, and we hear the dulcet tones of Roshi and Shortall who uh, got herself involved in, in a fair few scraps on, be, on behalf of other individuals you, you, uh, you rarely hear the F word though in the doll do you? Well, the funny thing that emerged from it, oh no, very rare, uh, the funny thing actually that emerged from it afterwards was that Gogarty had actually committed and sort of uh, apologised for something which was incorrect and that it's not actually you know, on parliamentary uh, language to use the F word. Uh, now, there's a, there's a whole lot of other words that are on parliamentary, most of which were drawn up in the 1930s. So if you call a fellow a gobsheen or if you say somebody has actually lied, that's definitely seen as being on parliamentary. And in fairness, have we ever seen an Irish politician lie? Mm. Of course, John. No, not not at all. But listen, I, I was going to ask you now. I just wrote this down. Who's the best scrapper in the doll? Do you reckon? Um, there'll be a few of them. I mean, I like the way that Leo sort of starts a row and disappears. I mean, there was one recent row there. That, I don't know whether we'll get to it or not, but uh, where he sort of mentions Balaclava to uh, in the company of Pierre Starty and what follows is a bit like Vesuvius. Ender uh, Kenny was a very when, when Ender Kenny decided to, to take the, the the sort of knife out, he he was also pretty impressive mm. too. Really, was he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. There was a row. There was, there was a row there on one occasion between himself and uh, Paul Murphy, uh, uh, where over over water charges and all that sort of space was a bit ropey. Uh, and uh, you know, Paul Murphy asked the question, sits down, thinks he's going to get the usual collection of mum, of mumbles, and suddenly enters there. So you think you're Julius Caesar? Uh, toddle around to the AV room and get yourself a briefing, and everyone goes bananas, including Roshi and Short. Jeez, who, uh, I- it's far more upset for uh, for um, for for um, for for for. Um, Murphy than Murphy himself was. Yeah, love your uh, Andy Kenny impression, by the way. Here's the um, balaclava uh, reference that you're talking about with Leo Varadkar. Uh, you, you, uh, you have dismissed the fact that tax evasion is a serious offence. You have criticised criticize the Gardaí. You have criticised the High Court for making this order, having heard the Tisha, got injury time. Uh, And you have said nothing about the thugs uh, who, who, who climbed on the back of a Tisha, cattle got injury 20 time. of them broke into property, injured three people, killed a, killed a, uh, killed a dog. Deputy Gardaí, and moving on immediately to Deputy Brendan Howland. Deputy Brendan, Deputy Gardaí. Deputy, if this continues, if this Deputy, continues, Deputy, I will have no choice. When it comes to Sinn Féin and the rule Tisha, of law, 
Taoiseach. And public order. Deputy and condemning violence. It doesn't take very long for your balaclava to slip. Yeah, that was quite good, wasn't it, John? That was one, that was, as I say, that, that was a typical Leo, was sort of start to fight off and then slip away. And of course, they, they, I mean, and it conforms to, the, in particular, the Bell Rule, obviously, where the Count Corley, again, has lost complete control. And of course, I mean, the issue that on that particular day, if we recall, was, was, a, was a fairly sort of unpleasant um, eviction. Uh, and of course, that's immediately lost uh, once Leo starts to fight, because all that everyone uh, hears uh, looking on is a collection, a collective of politicians shouting and a bell being rung. Uh, and uh, they know there's a row in the doll. Uh, but that's as far as it goes. I mean, it, it, it is very rare. I mean, it's sort of much of the conversations and much of the rows in the Doyle that kind of resemble the scene in uh, in the Holy Grail where uh, the, the, the insult, remember the, the insulting French knight, I think I it do. was. You know, your mother, your mother was a hamster and your father smelled of elderberries. Yeah. Uh, where, what I, goes I would love to... When the row starts, not much better. I would love to hear Leo Varadkar go, I fart in your general direction. <laughs> that would be quite good. <laughs> so there's a thought, all right. <laughs> now, <laughs> John, if I said this to you, you're a waffler. What would that mean? It would mean uh, you talk too much, you're a <laughs> chancer. Uh, and I suppose uh, in what we're perhaps looking at is your gay Mitchell. The Gay Mitchell, yeah. What was this about? Uh, the Gay Mitchell one was uh, essentially Bertie had just been sort of. Uh, this was after um, Fianna Fáil uh, and Labour had split, and Bertie had thought he was going to be Taoiseach until the very last seconds. It was a bit like it was a bit like uh, the Fine Gael equivalent of Man United winning the Champions League with two late goals. John Bruton nodding them in over the over the line, where <laughs> uh, in, a, in a complete shock, uh, John Bruton became Taoiseach instead of Bertie. And it's one of the rare occasions where Bertie obviously was quite disturbed uh, and the face dropped and Gay Mitchell a bit like Emmett Stark was niggling at him and then he turned around uh, and it's, uh, it's I think twice I've seen Bertie lose his temper uh, he, he said to Gay that you're a, you're a waffler you've been around here waffling for 20 years that's all you're good for is waffling I'd nearly, uh, nearly prefer to hear your impressions than doing it himself but here he is isn't that true answer the question answer the question answer the question nobody smokes green perhaps if you stop waffling if you stop waffling we might get some work done they're a waffler they've been years around here waffling I just love Bertie. I don't know what it is about Bertie. There's something very funny about him. Um, the, the, the thing is, John, he he has... Bertie had this... I mean, I portrayed him on the radio for years, of course. And Bertie had this kind of lovable, bumbling, um, obviously, um, well, you know, rehearsed man of the people shtick. But everybody knew that underneath it, there was an absolute, you know, uh, skin of steel. And that there was, you know, I mean, you talk about Godfather, one, two, three, all combined. I remember seeing a clip of Bertie and it actually, you know, shocked me, really. I remember uh, Ursula Halligan from TV3 at the time was walking up the road. I don't know if you remember this clip. Tell me if you do. She's walking up the road after Bertie and she's there. Tishuk, tell us this, tell us this, tell us this. And he's there. (laughs) He's walking ahead of her and he's laughing her off. And she's there, Tishuk, will you answer the question? Will you ask the question? And he's there, <laughs> and he's laughing her off. She does it for the third time and she comes up onto his shoulder. He stops, he turns around to her and he goes, would you ever go off and do something with yourself, would you? <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of the element there. I remember the, the Sopranos and Paulie. The, <laughs> the, the Bertie laugh is a little bit like that. But, uh, you know you know that sometimes he's thinking he was, he's planning that he would love to do you serious damage uh, in, in, in a dark place. Like the, there is one TD once and he told me this story, you know, sort of without wanting to be named, but uh, he had sort of declared war on Bertie or caused trouble for Bertie. Uh, and Bertie arrived down to the constituency in a helicopter and all the press were there and he got out of the helicopter and he put his arm around your man's shoulder and had the 
fair play and a good man and all the rest of us. Uh, and then when the press turned around and disappeared, he turned around to him and he says, uh, now this is about 10 o'clock, uh, and he says, what the F are you up to? I'll see you at 6 in uh, X's place. Right. Uh, whereas your man said the genius was that he then spent, <laughs> he had been ready for a row, no row had arrived, and then he'd been ambushed and he spent eight hours uh, in a state, a state of some dep- trepidation waiting to be body ragged by Bertie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, now the Healy Rays uh, are obviously sitting ducks when it comes to this, so you could have had, uh, you know, an absolute panoply of things to choose from, a smorgasbord of Healy Ray audio to choose from. Um, but we chose the Healy Rays versus Mark McSharry. What was that about? That about, again was the old thing of dignity uh, and speaking rights and all the rest of it, Mark McSharry started to create a row over so, uh, the fact that the Healy Rays were getting more speaking town than the humble Finn fall back bencher. We see the troubles that that caused at the end of last week and it caused an equal amount of trouble uh, in, in this one. Uh, and on this one I think it was actually sort of, I mean the shouting and the roaring and the incoherence was, was much, uh, much as usual. Although It has to be said of the Healy Rays, they're generally incoherent with a purpose, uh, which is a bit more a bit more evolved. <laughs> evolved? You should never use the word evolution when it comes to the Healy Rays. They don't believe in it. Well, they have their suspicions uh, and no hand has come out of the sky to pluck them out of a jet. Uh, but there was a brilliant image uh, of it, uh, um, sort of where the two of them have turned around uh, and are jabbing their fingers uh, at, uh, at the Fianna Fáil benches. And it, it, it does really create this image of ourselves against the establishment and ourselves against the world uh, and the small man taking on the big man. And you know the answer they got, that they would get payments in 2019. Mm, we'll the That's tot- uh, 2018. That's totally wrong. Mm, say, say, same issue last young caller. Same issue last young caller. And, and I want to have you a card. Of course I have. Show it to me. Same issue. Same issue. Hold on, Deputy McSharry. Deputy McSharry. Up every day. Up every day. That's outrageous. Jeez, if you li- if you had a live audience to that, John, that's basically the unbelievables. Pretty much so, and it has to be said in fairness to Mark McSherry, who started it, is that he's well capable of taking on the Healy Rays in terms of the decibels and the shouting mm. and all the rest of mm. it. Uh, I suppose, I mean, to a certain extent, like we criticise those who make a fuss and create a slap and all the rest of it, uh, but they do bring a bit of life to it, and you know, you'd sometimes look at uh, Sleepy Joe Biden, sorry, Sleepy Eamon Ryan, uh, <laughs> and you'd say, well, maybe if he was to wake up a little bit and get a little bit more uh, exercised about the things of the world, uh, that, uh, that that would be no harm either. Yeah, maybe we need nicknames for all our politicians as well now that you bring it up Sleepy Eamon Ryan and all this sort of stuff but I mean I'm Michael Healy Ray and Danny Healy Ray I mean obviously they're easy to parody for their colourful accent and everything but you're actually I believe a closet fan of Michael Healy Ray is that correct? Uh, well we've had a mixed relationship over the years but uh, you know I mean he, he certainly I mean look at he represents his people uh, and that's uh, sort of the, the, the thing is that uh, we, we forget that TDs are chucked the door and they're supposed to be uh, messengers of the people and he's, he's certainly a vocal messenger but I think somebody 
what he said describing Healy Ray and his connection with the with the constituencies and the people said that if there's a the, the difference between Healy Ray and others is that if there's a say a political meeting on some issue, uh, that uh, the rest of the politicians will come down uh, and sit at the top of the table and uh, will speak to the people uh, or speak at the people. Uh, but uh, Michael Healy Ray uh, will be in the hall before the meeting starts, getting the chairs out. Mm, exactly. So, <laughs> there's a flurry knocks for you now that has the that has the pheasant so, uh, shot before the landlord comes along with his own gun. Exactly. The Irish RM. Yeah. Listen. Um, what was I going to say? Andy Kenny. Yeah. He he, he was a sort of um, oh well a wolf in sheep's clothing in a way. So you see, he had secret tentacles. He had claws underneath the uh, underneath the kind of dour, dull veneer. I suppose is that right? Oh, he um, he certainly he certainly did. Like I mean, he was brought up in a fairly uh, a fairly tough school. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, on on his day, he, he could be, he, he could he could use he could use the, the scalpel too. I mean, uh, as I say, uh, he certainly took out uh, our, our our friend uh, our, our our friend um, Paul Murphy, and, and it's actually the rare achievement of uh, of, um, uh, of of silencing him. I think we have a clip. Yeah, we do. Here's Ender with the gloves off. Uh, deduct and are you seriously considering any court cases in advance of a general election in which case do you have other career prospects lined up <laughs> Deputy, Deputy Murphy uh, uh, I, I, I know you're a deputy and you're elected by the people and good luck to you but sometimes I think that you feel that you're Julius Caesar uh, and that you can you can dictate whatever you want to do yourself now I'm not going to spoon feed you so what I would advise, what I would advise you to do, Deputy Murphy, is I would advise you to toddle along to the AV room at 4 p.m. today, where Irish Water will be in there please, please, to give please. you the answer to any questions that you want to ask. Them. And that's open. That's open to any deputy, including Deputy Paul Murphy. Paul Murphy, and you can go and ask them yourself. And don't be expecting me to spoon feed you on that. So go along at four o'clock, participate in the democratic presentation which will be there for you. And when the bill comes into the House here, we look forward to your constructive suggestions. Thank you. That completes uh, leaders' questions for today. To tell you where to go. We now move tell on you where to, to the business. If you don't know that they're giving information at four o'clock, I'm telling you that. Thank you. There's a sense of decency, though, even when Enda's giving out. There was something inherently decent about the man. You just know that Bertie would have filleted him, sliced and diced him for breakfast. Yeah, there's, there's a bit of but there's also, there's also a bit of... Um, yeah, I mean, it's very um, effective how Enda sort of always just sounded a little bit like a slightly disappointed headmaster. Yeah, always, uh, always. Paul hadn't studied hard enough and didn't know where, to do, yeah. where the right thing was or how to do the right thing. That's right. Uh, and he was trying to help him, and the next minute he has that. Uh, now, as it turns out, Roshan Short will probably berate him more thoroughly than... Um, uh, than, than, than Paul Murphy who I think was a bit stunned at being told um, the, uh, to toddle off uh, to an AV room meeting but to be a bit of sort of a needle there traditional needle there as well too I mean Ender would have seen himself as uh, despite coming from a dynasty as being sort of the plain people of Ireland the representative of the plain people of Ireland the farmers and the fellows going off uh, fishing and playing gun and all the rest of it uh, and the cheek of this sort of privately educated uh, socialist taking him on, taking him on um, would would, would would call him because Ender was more than happy to uh, rather like Bertie from under whom he sort of trained uh, to talk um, mm. leaders' questions into complete and total obscurity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> but absolutely. On this occasion, he's there, and every time it looks as if the fight's going to stop, he just throws in another little sentence, and on we go again. Final thing for you, John. Um, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael are, have been in bed together now for a month, and very few people expected them to get into bed together, but it seems that they're not really in bed together. In fact, mummy and daddy are sleeping in separate rooms. 
and that there is in fact an open relationship going on here where mummy and daddy are not talking and they're coming and going as they please and uh, nobody knows who's in charge and who's the boss and uh, as soon as you think uh, daddy's in charge mommy says uh, she's in charge um it just they've only been together 31 days or so uh, john and i i'm already thinking i don't, i can't see them lasting that long. What do you think? It almost makes Charles and Diana look like a successful marriage. You yeah. know, I mean, uh, it's. Uh, did, I mean, it, we have a situation essentially where uh, two two sort of Tishi are uh, are our two leaders are on probation. That's Eamon Ryan uh, and um, uh, Michal, and uh, Leo is Leo is on holidays. Uh, so it, it, it has got off to uh, the, the marriage is not. So what was Diana famously said? There's three in this marriage. There's yeah. not even two in this marriage. <laughs> Uh, you know they're all they're all sleeping. It's like a hippie commune where they've all suddenly sort of taken a vow of chastity and they're all speaking, or they're all sleeping in separate beds. So yeah. I, I think the authority thing is a huge problem. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I mean, it's still a case that Hall is seen as being the the sort of a, the substitute teacher Taoiseach. You That's know, it. I mean, everybody, all, all of us, are not, not necessarily us, but uh, those who are sort of the public are there saying, well, "When's Mister Farrodkar coming back?" I know. Yeah, you're not. You're very old to be a substitute teacher. I are know. Any good? That's right. And he hasn't even got his top off yet. I mean, he needs to get the top off to to establish any authority in this government. Now, surely, to be utterly fair to him, uh, two things. Let us perhaps sort of maybe discourage this whole Putin thing uh, before it brings us... I mean, we've, we've had the best of them now. We've had Richard Bruton as Putin and we've had um, Leo as Putin, perhaps rather more unexpectedly. Uh, I, I kind of had enough pol- political pecs for, for some time. Uh, and in fairness to me, on Martin, he does do it at Christmas. Uh, or one of these, you know, these political things where they all race into the, the sea swims, yeah. at Christmas for some... That should, I think that should actually make us nervous rather than relieved when it comes to our leaders that they're racing into the sea at the coldest time of the year. Baywatch, fantastic. You just put another wonderful image into my mind, John. John, listen, thanks a million for doing that compilation for us. And uh, thank you for coming on the radio on Mario's Sunday Roast.